Welcome to the Partnering with Parents podcast, where we, the Pursuit Family Ministry Team, give you, the parent, resources and tools to help you grow your family's faith from a Sunday experience to an everyday faith. Welcome to episode three of the Partnering with Parents podcast. Today with us again is Caitlin Sturtz. Hello, thanks for having me. And we're talking about uh, the series that we've been in, Everyday Faith. Uh, And our topic this week is Everyday Community. Yeah, I think community is one of those words that can mean something so different to no matter who you ask, most people have some, a variation of a definition of that and to dig into what it looks like to be in community with Jesus at the center. It's, it can be tricky, mm-hmm. it can be messy, but yeah. the fruits of it can be so, so good. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the difference there because I would say a lot of us have community, mm-hmm. um, but maybe what's the benefit of Jesus-centered community? Because I've, I've had moments in my life where um, I felt like I didn't necessarily need community from the church. Mm-hmm because I had community at the climbing gym or community with my college friends or community with um, the seven guys that lived in my (laughs) house. (laughs) Uh, So what's the benefit of Jesus-centered community? Yeah, I think when you look at Jesus-centered community, you have that, that foundation where when you have a foundation of Jesus at the center of your community, when it gets messy, you have something to point to. When it gets hard, when it gets messy, you all have the same foundation. Mm, that's good. Uh, one of the verses that kind of has gone with this series that we're in, mm-hmm. and specifically this topic of everyday community, is the scripture in Ecclesiastes. I think it's 4, 9 through 12, um, where it says that basically two are better than one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's talking about community. And then I think the last line of the passage is, a threefold cord is not easily broken. So basically mm-hmm. this concept of, in God-centered or Jesus-centered community, yeah. um, we're stronger together. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I look back at seasons in our, in our, in my personal walk with God and our families walk with God and our faith journey and where community has just, um, been so huge in our growth, in our walk with Jesus in coming around us and supporting us. I mean, in tangible ways, such as when things were going really hard, when we've had seasons where things were hard in our marriage, having community of believers around me who could encourage me, who could help equip me, who could walk through those really hard moments and pray for me. I had friends who, I have lots of friends who are not followers of Jesus, And having those conversations with them about the hard times just looks so different. When you have a community of followers of Jesus, they can point you towards hope. Mm -hmm. They can encourage you. They can speak to you in truth and love. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's been a game changer for our family. And Mm -hmm. uh, having our kids see that as well. Yeah. Having our kids see that people come into our home and we can talk about Jesus together. 
-hmm. We can talk about where we're struggling. We can talk about what we've, what we're learning, what God's kind of growing us in and stretching us in. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like (coughs) for specifically? What does that look like specifically with kids Mm. who maybe it's nice to have a family that you're tight with that has other kids that are growing up Mm -hmm. and kind of learning the same things. Yeah, that's been, we've been very blessed with having friends, friends around us and community around us who uh, we attend church with, who even if we don't attend church with them, they're still followers of Jesus and being able to walk alongside a family who is going kind of through the same life seasons with you and who has the same foundation in God as you. Um, Our kids get to see just some really cool moments where they can pray for their friends and they can, they don't have to feel embarrassed about it. I think it it would be ideal to say that our kids will never be embarrassed or they'll never be afraid to pray for their friends. But in the, in the culture and the society we live in, if your child is surrounded by only non-believers, they're going to feel that hesitation to pray. They're mm-hmm. going to feel that hesitation to ask how they can pray for someone. Sure. Or they might feel weird if they invite their friend over and you're that, you know, that weird family that prays at the dinner table or so just to be able to give them that community around them and friends that they can come to this common place. When they come to church, they see friends that they know. They see people that they were able to go do something fun with the day before. And it's just it's built such sweet friendships for all of our kids. And to see that is just it's so encouraging to us as parents. Yeah, that's awesome. So. The title of this series Mm -hmm. or this talk is Everyday Community, not Mm -hmm. Everyday Commune. So we want our kids to have Christian friends Mm -hmm. that they can have this faith in common with. But at the same time, we also don't want our kids to like just know Christian people. Yeah. So what does community look like uh, or Christian community look like even as we invite people Mm -hmm. who are outside of our faith into that? Yeah, no, and I love that. I think that's something that both my husband Jason and I have been pretty passionate and intentional about. We never want to just stay in this Christian bubble. We've been pretty blessed with a neighborhood that's pretty um, uh, diverse when it comes to different belief systems. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have community with non-believers has been something that we have really embraced. Um, We want our kids to see that no matter where someone falls in their walk with God or lack of walk with God, or whether they have a totally complete different belief system, they are still welcome in our home. So we try to be very intentional about inviting our neighbors in, Mm. in being out in our neighborhood. Um, We, I think the first new years we were in our house, we just we invited church friends over we invited neighborhood friends over we invited work friends over because we wanted to see this melding of we wanted our neighbors to see that our christian church friends we're not crazy and we're not you know we're (laughs) not like in bed by 10 o'clock and we can't stay up till midnight on new year's and then we (laughs) wanted our church friends to be able to see like they're we can we're going to live alongside and we're going to be in community with our neighbors yeah you said you're not in bed by 10 o'clock. That hurts because 
We're normally in bed by like nine thirty. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean, on New Year's though, specifically, oh, right? It, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Like you Solid. know, we we can hang, we can hang like, till wow, midnight, like one o'clock. <laughs> nice. So I I love that, and I'm I feel very passionately about the same thing. You know, we're not meant to have this isolated Christian community. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we have an impact on people's lives if that's how we live? Yeah. Um, so inviting neighbors, inviting work friends, um, into uh, your home. Yeah. Uh, can be really, really powerful mm-hmm. and create a community that's more diverse than maybe it is for a lot of church people. Yeah, and I think it opens up opportunities to preach the gospel in very subtle ways. Mm. I've had opportunities and been able to have conversations with people in our neighborhood who are not followers of Jesus because yeah. they felt comfortable coming into my home and asking yeah. those questions. And our kids need to see that, too. They do, yeah. They need to see people coming in and maybe not knowing Jesus and then being able to ask those questions. Right. We, I was able to do um, a Bible study with some ladies in my neighborhood and three of them, three, three or four of them that came were not followers of Jesus. Wow. That's incredible. And they came maybe just because they wanted an excuse to get out of the house in the (laughs) evening and come have, you know, dessert and be around other moms without their kids hanging on their ankles. But you know what? It didn't matter. They came to thy house. They did the study. They had questions and it just opens up that door. A lot of people, if you invite them to church on a Sunday, they might feel overwhelmed. They might feel Mm -hmm. intimidated by it for sure. But coming into your house and having a meal, and sharing with them just your daily life and what that looks like is so impactful. Yeah, I would say that inviting somebody into your home is a lot more effective means mm. of sharing Jesus yes. than inviting people to church mm-hmm. in the year 2020. Yes. <laughs> we live in a different time um, than even, you know, the year 2000, yeah. in the age of the mega church. Like things mm-hmm. are different now. And I think I heard somebody say the other day, I think Adam Casper was talking about how warmth is the new cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in a book that he read. And it's just this idea that I think people used to come to church because there was a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah. But now people really long for warmth and closeness. And mm-hmm. so I think that the ability to be able to invite people into our home and have this diverse community mm-hmm. of people who are followers of Jesus and people who aren't can be really helpful for our kids and our families. Yeah. I think I think we forget that a lot of unchurched people around us they have a stigma of what Christianity looks yeah. like. They have they see maybe the negative mm-hmm. the negative stigmas surrounding Christianity and the more that we can allow them to come in we can let let those guards down a little bit. Yeah. They can see that guess what my kid can be just as naughty sometimes yeah. even though we got it. Yeah. Biblically, mm-hmm. what's so fascinating to me about the early church mm-hmm. is I think community was a huge catalyst yeah. for why people started following Jesus. Like mm-hmm. they did more than just invite people into their homes. Like they sold everything to care for the poor. Mm-hmm. Everyone was viewed as equal. There was this no, there was no like socioeconomic yeah. divisions among this early church. And so I think God intended for the way that we as believers live out community. Mm-hmm to be this attention-grabbing, logic-defying way of proclaiming the gospel. So it's great for our kids to see that because our kids can see the gospel in that. Mm -hmm. It's great for our neighbors to see that because they can see the gospel Mm -hmm. in that. And also, some of these people, there are people 
community is not just for us, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we're not talking about this just so we can figure out how to raise our kids yeah. as best as possible. But there are people who need us to be that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I've, been, I've been in that situation yeah. in the past where I needed people to be community for me mm-hmm. more than I needed anybody to preach at me. Yeah. And that's where I think it takes intentionality to bring people in to our community. It takes intentionality for people. I mean, if you're a parent and you're listening to this and you feel like you have community, you feel like you have people around you who are praying for you and you're doing life with, and gosh, that is so cool. But we want to challenge you. Who in your life is n- does not have a circle of community? Yeah. And how can you invite them into that? That's so good. We had a friend in our church in California. They were so good about inviting someone they met for the very first time over to their house. We had Saturday night services. So it, it lent to just a different dynamic of being able to say, Hey, we're grabbing dinner after church. Let's go. But they were so intentional. They would invite people who had been at the church for years. They would invite people that they just met. And it was so cool to see this blending of people first time coming to our church, not having community. And they just opened their arms and pulled them in. So we've had that good model and that good example. So being able to look at people who aren't in community around us, how can you as parents invite those people into your community? Mm, That's good. Okay, so a lot of families who are listening, maybe they do have community, maybe Mm -hmm. they need to reach out. But what would you say to somebody who their family maybe comes to church on Sunday and their faith experience is just a once a week thing. They're looking Mm -hmm. for community. What's like a basic, simple step um, that's really practical Practical that could get them headed in that direction? Yeah, I think the number one thing that we really try and encourage here at The Pursuit, or I'm sure if you're listening and you don't attend here at The Pursuit, other churches or the church you might attend, is a life group or small group. This is a very tangible, easy step. It's kind of the, the structure set up for you. <laughs> people are wanting you to come yeah. and it re- really is just taking that step of saying, I want to be in community and then following through with it. Yeah. It's not just signing up and coming once every few weeks and then wondering why you don't feel like you have community. Mm-hmm. It takes carving out time in your schedule. It takes being intentional and it takes being allowing yourself to go into that environment with open arms. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I would say the progression seems like life groups exist for people who need community, who need Christian community. But then as you grow in that, life groups are not the sole means Mm -hmm. of community. We're meant to have community outside of that with our neighbors and Mm non-believers and kind of have like this intermingling of all those things. Yeah. But life groups are a great first step. Yeah. Yeah. They're a great first step, whether it's life group or, and if you feel like you have been in a life group and you're ready to go maybe then the next step is inviting some neighbors over for Mm -hmm. a prayer meeting or a bible study i think in these times people are so open Mm -hmm. to maybe what they've been closed off to before because of the times we're living in right we i had some ladies over just to pray a few weeks ago and i did it a few i did it a couple times and each time I cast a big net and it would just, you know, a few people would come. But one of the times one lady showed up 
she was an older lady in our neighborhood and she hadn't been to church since she was like young and married. She wow. grew up in the Catholic church. And so it was just so cool. So those first little steps and it can be awkward. Um, it can be scary to just say, Hey, I don't know who's going to come, but why don't you come on over? But it can be so cool because now you have that open, there's an open door for someone to know this is someone who, who, if they ever have questions or if things are stirring, they have someone that they know is a safe place to go to. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Caitlin, what is an easy win at home for parents with this concept of everyday community? Yeah, I think there's a couple easy things that you as parents can do at home. One, if you ask your kid who a friend is at church that you may not know, ask someone that they've connected with and be intentional about reaching out to that parent and connecting with them. You guys can meet at the park for a play date or invite them, their family over for dinner or meet somewhere for a picnic. And then if you're already in community and you already feel like, okay, I have, I have a life group, I have community, I feel connected. Maybe it's looking for someone who is on those outskirts and doesn't have community and inviting them in or go introduce yourself to a neighbor. Yeah. Invite them over for coffee. Yeah. Sit, sit on sit on the driveway with a cup of coffee and just be intentional about getting to know them. Yeah, so simple. Thank you for listening to the Partnering with Parents podcast, where we give you tools and resources to help you grow your family's faith from a Sunday experience to an everyday faith.